Hey, this is Cesar Lopez with A21 Freedom Chasers. And this is Chuck Paul with Chuck Paul LLC. So thank you for listening and tuning in to Talk for Freedom, uh, sponsored by the A21 Freedom Chasers and Chuck Paul LLC. Today we have an exciting episode. We are interviewing the A21 Freedom Chasers team. Um, and this is in celebration for our five years that we are celebrating here in February. So we're super excited to bring the team on and learn a little bit about the history and uh, where where the team is going. So we'll get uh, we'll get it started here in just a few moments. So we have the opportunity this morning to sit down with the A21 Freedom Chasers team. We've got with us Cece Lopez, the founder and president of A21 Freedom Chasers. We've got Cindy Lopez, who makes us all look decent on the social media. And of course, we all know Cesar Lopez, who helps produce, control, make us all sound better on this podcast. So I'd like everyone to introduce themselves. Can we start going this way with Cece? Hi, I'm Cece with A21 Freedom Chasers. So um, I am the founder of A21 Freedom Chasers, and I currently sit as the president of the board of directors. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Cindy Lopez, and I'm the communication lead uh, with, the, with the Freedom Chasers. And I'm Cesar Lopez. So as Chuck mentioned, I am the producer of the podcast, but I also sit on the board of the A21 Freedom Chasers as well. So yeah, that's a little bit about what we do. So, um, Cece, so looking at um, the past, you said you were the founder of A21 Freedom Chasers. So tell us a little bit about um, how this came about. What, what, what started it? Um, how did, how did you, uh, what did you feel in your heart? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having Cindy and I on the show. Um, you, and, you and Chuck do such a great job of hosting this podcast. Um, you know, and every opportunity we get to, to be on here with you, we're just grateful for. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So about five years ago, I started to kind of really become familiar with um, human trafficking. I started to follow Christine Kane. And as if you don't know, Christine Kane is the founder of A21, the, or- the international organization that fights against human trafficking all over the world. Um, so I started to become really familiar with uh, the fight that she was facing to end human trafficking all over the world. And couldn't really understand what it was at the time, but I did know that they were having these walks that would happen every single year all over the world. And um, it was one particular year that I decided and was determined to join a walk. When I attended the walk, um, first of all, there was no walk going on in San Antonio, which made me really sad. I couldn't understand why such a big city with a big presence of military members and whatnot did not have anything you know, going on with the Walk for Freedom. So I drove four hours away to attend the nearest walk that was happening in Colleen, Texas. Um, And of course, on the way there was just kind of thinking about what it is that, you know, human trafficking was and the event I was about to attend and the different cities that I was driving through, um, big cities, San Antonio, Austin, you know, and, and when I got there, the walk, you know, it was a smaller walk. There was probably about 50 to 60 people in attendance. And I was the farthest, that was the person that came the farthest to join the walk. So it was uh, really interesting how how special I was treated because I drove the, dr- the drive. Um, and it was a young lady. She was a senior in high school. And I was so impressed by her determination to make this issue known in her community that on the drive home, 
um, I really just, you know, prayed about what I could contribute to this cause. It was just such a raw feeling of how can I bring this walk to San Antonio? And that's actually, that's where it started. It was a conversation with God on the way home uh, from Colleen, Texas. Um, and I kind of ignored that whole feeling for about, for about two or three months. Eventually, you know, the Lord just really kept insisting that this walk was going to happen in San Antonio and I was going to be the person to do it. Um, eventually, I, I ended up sending a an, an really long email explaining what human trafficking was, what I was going to set out to do, and how we were going to have a walk in San Antonio the following year. And I literally sent out this really long email begging people not to delete it because <laughs> it wasn't spam. I, I sent it out to every single Google mail contact I had. Um, so, you know, you're talking about friends, coworkers, people that I had gone to church with in the past, all kinds of people. Uh, um, I sent this really long email and I was so excited because I had finally committed and got nothing back. <laughs> For about, probably about a good two months, I heard nothing. But then when when I did start getting replies, it was, it was like snowball effect. It was people who had told people who had forwarded my email. It was family. It was um, just people who really prayed about what they had read in my email and decided to also just join in. So that's that's where the Freedom Chaser started. It was an email. Um, I, we have Caesar, we have Cindy. Both of them got that email and were passionate about it after they had committed to praying about this, this cause and have been alongside the Freedom Chasers from the very beginning. Um, so, you know, people like that, people like Leah, who unfortunately couldn't make it to our podcast today, but is also a sitting board member, um, who just, you know, word of mouth went around and they all wanted to become part of the solution to to um, end human trafficking in our city. Um, that's how we met Chuck. And Chuck has also been by our side from the very beginning. Um, we have we started to attend all of his events, following him around, trying to get as much wisdom as we could about this issue. And then he started following us around. Eventually, we became this partnership. So, I mean, it's just been such an amazing five-year journey um, I'll, I'll let someone else share maybe what they felt after, you know, they joined the Freedom Chasers and how, how they've joined our fight in these five years. Yeah, Chuck couldn't get rid of us. So even <laughs> if he tried, he couldn't get rid of us. Uh, Cindy, so how did this start for you? I mean, that's, that's an amazing story. Um, thank you for sharing. I, I remember that email. I think uh, both Caesar and I got it at the same time. And um, we weren't quick to respond right away because I think one of the things that, that popped out for me was, this is a big like endeavor. And if we're going to do this, we need to make sure that we, we know we're a hundred percent so that we can support such big event. And, you know, we went into prayer and it took a while to respond until finally, I think we both, uh, Caesar and I looked at each other and like, what do you think? And it's like, God was leading us to say yes. Um, and it wasn't just to help out for, you know, for just one walk or whatever. It was just something that we wanted to make sure, you know, that we could fully support. And I remember that, like, it was yesterday. Um, and I'm just, we're still here, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve in this capacity. Yeah, for sure. And, and the way she, the reason she says Caesar and I is because we're married. So Cindy is my spouse. Um, and those that you don't know, um, Cecilia is my sister. So we're, we're family. And that's kind of the way it started for me is um, my sister reached out, and she had this this, uh, you know, this big thing that she wanted to make an impact with. And for me, it was, she's my sister. I want to help her. I wasn't sure how long I was going to help her, but I, I, I was willing to come alongside her and see how, how we could help. 
Um, and so that's what we did. And then lo and behold, it became more personal to us when we, um, and you've heard me say this before in a video that we recently released, but we saw it happen at a restaurant here in San Antonio. And because we were already involved and we already knew some of the red flags, we spotted it immediately. And I can never, I will never forget that feeling that my wife and I got when we saw it happening and we knew what it was and we tried to do something and we couldn't. It's like we, whatever we tried to, to do to help this young woman that was clearly going through something and was being forced to do something, it just it didn't work out the way we, we had hoped. And so we had to leave that restaurant without, without really making an impact in that woman's life. And so from then on, we just said we, we can't stop because it, it became more real for us, for sure. So tell me what it's like to be an A team for A21 because I've worked with A21, the larger international organization. Um, I've worked with y'all for five years now, and explain to the, the, the our audience what an A team is exactly. Sure. So um, so A21 has thirteen different offices in all around the world in different locations and. So what an A-team does is where they don't have those offices, they have smaller teams. So let me explain. Where they do have offices, they do absolutely everything from beginning to end. So they will take in survivors, they will house them, provide them the emergency medical attention that they need. They will allow them to stay at their facilities. They will have prosecutors to prosecute against traffickers. I mean, they do everything. They're just amazing. And that's that's primarily the reason why I fell in love with A21, because I saw their passion to not just take in survivors, but they wanted to handle from beginning to end and making sure that, you know, these folks found freedom. And along the way, they talked about Jesus and who Jesus was and how Jesus actually offers true freedom. And so that was my biggest passion about A21. So A-team, are are wherever they don't have those 13 offices, they have smaller teams like A teams that stand for abolitionist teams of just people that are passionate. They're all volunteers. They're not getting paid. Um, they're not staffed by A21, but they're just people with passions that take up this cause and will go as far as they want to go. And so really there is no limit. They don't set standards for us. Um, they allow us to <clears throat> do whatever we can in our capacity to reach our local cities. Um, and that's the awesome thing about A-teams is that you'll see them all around the United States. We've been able to co connect with several different A-teams all over the U.S. and kind of just lead them and say, hey, this is what we did and what worked for us. You know, and you're welcome to take our model or or do a smaller scale. I think we're the exception. <laughs> when when we talk to A21, they're thoroughly impressed by just the footprint that we've been able to have here in San Antonio and in the local surrounding cities. Um, so they're they're really impressed and they're always complimenting what we do and and pushing us forward to to take more ground. But um, but you know it's it's really just up to folks. So if there's someone listening that wants to have an A team in your particular city do it. I mean, it's it's really what you're able to do with it, what capacity you have. The team that we have, we all work full-time jobs. We all have family members. I'm a single mom. I don't sleep. <laughs> so I'm not advising you to do that. But if, if you want to, if you have this passion, it's really as much as you're willing to contribute to it and as little as you're able to contribute to it. Yeah, I think the unique thing about us as well is that on top of being an A-team, so we you know, we take a lot of leadership and direction from A21, but we also um, saw a bigger need here in San Antonio, so we decided to become our own nonprofit. 
And so um, we're, we're also operating on our own as our own nonprofit. So uh, one of the things that we do um, with A21 is anytime they need us to you know, support them or, or be their representation at an event, we're there. Um, they reach out to us and we do that. We, uh, of course, host the local Walk for Freedom here. But there's a few other things that we do that um, are unique to San Antonio and the community here. And so um, that's we saw a need to become our own nonprofit. So um, we really appreciate all the supporters and the audience, the followers that have uh, been able to volunteer, donate um, and just come alongside us as well. And so that's one of the unique things about about our team. So let me ask the question. You're not only A21 18, but you're also the A21 Freedom Chasers. And the Freedom Chasers is a very special term there. And I'd like you to kind of explain him why why you chose the term Freedom Chasers and why it is so special. So really, I mean, honestly, when we first got started to meet together, we had a, a pretty good group, maybe about 10 people that started to come together and say, our first meeting was at a Starbucks, guys. <laughs> it was not fancy. We did not have a place to meet and we kind of still don't. <laughs> but um, we met at a Starbucks over coffee. We started a group, you know, thread, uh, a texting thread. And, and we just started to say, hey, what are some names that we could call our A-team? What can we specifically call? And we had several people come up with different things. And eventually, Freedom Chasers was something that we just all felt really passionate about. We were like, this kind of describes, yeah, what we want to do. We we want to chase freedom. We want to be after it, pursuing it. So it was very intentional. Um, I, all of the ideas that were submitted were great, but that one just really stuck out to all of us, I think. And it's freedom from bondage of servitude. It's right. It's freedom of, of being able to express yourself as a human being in today's 21st century. And we all know by listening to this podcast that modern day slavery exists and as modern day slavery is going on it's become a bigger and bigger international business 150 billion dollar year international business 38 billion generated just the united states alone and folks the united states of america has just been named by the u.s state department as the number one source country for victims and the number one purchasing country for victims wow it's not a third world country it's very here in our own backyard so by chasing freedom, what we're doing here, what I'm helping by partnering with you and what you're doing is you're actually fulfilling the mission of like Frederick Douglass mm -hmm. and Harriet Tubman and Abraham Lincoln and all those abolitionists that came before you. But you're here in the 21st century saying we are not going to stand for freedom. We're going to change the culture of how people see things and say that. It is not acceptable. No, that's not a teenage prostitute. No, that's not just some woman that's, you know, acting uh, hypersexual or just another stripper. That That's just not some, you know, hypersexual gay man that's up there dressing in drag. That could very well be a victim. Yeah, I think, I think for all of us, I mean, when we first took on this role of trying to become an A-team and what that meant, we're trying to structure our thoughts behind what is it that we are actually trying to change here in our city. We began to ourselves, you know, reculturize our own minds and what it is that we thought. And we had to change our own mindsets of what you know, we don't call them prostitutes anymore. We don't call them, you know, rape victims. Or we had to see things differently in order for us to be able to extend compassion and extend freedom, really, to, to really understand what does freedom mean. So this five-year journey, 
when we started, like none of us have, you know, the education behind what human trafficking is. We have just self-taught, self-learned. We've done our own research. We've gone to events like Chuck's. <laughs> We've gone to bigger events. We we helped. The first year we were around, we, we went to Houston to be a part of the Super Bowl outreach there. Um, and we learned from people like from Exodus Cry. We learned from people like Rebecca Bender. Um, we started to purchase the material and read the books and really understand. And we're still not done, right? Learning. There's so many aspects. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I continue to see how big human trafficking is and all the different segments it goes into. It's not just prostitution. It's not just the, you know, the runaway youth. It happens in families. It happens, you know, everywhere. And it's just, it's just so huge to, to, there's the, the, the money part of it. There's everything, right? So we are still learning as we continue to educate others, but that's, that's our mission is to say, Hey, this is what we know. And we want you to know too. Like we want you to do this with us. Yeah. And we wish we could do everything. We wish we could, you know, go out and, and rescue, um, anyone who's trapped in, in, you know, human trafficking. But we also realize that, you know, as uh, Cece was saying, is we don't have the appropriate training uh, that comes with being able to do that. So what we did is we focused on a few things um, and we focus on doing those things to the best of our ability. So um, let's talk a little bit about the present. What are, what are some things that we're doing today uh, to combat human trafficking? So I'll kick it off. Um, and then, you know, Cindy, if you want to talk a little bit about that as well. So one of the things that we do um, is we host the the Walk for Freedom. Um, and the Walk is, man, it's such a unique event um, that, you know, a lot of people, unless you've been there, you, you think of walks like 5Ks and you think you're running um, to raise not only awareness, but to raise money. Um, you know, and, and yes, it's to raise awareness, to raise funds for A21 to be able to do the work that they do. But this walk is so unique that it's a silent walk, one. Um, so no one is is talking as we're walking, but we're also not running. And we're walking in a single file line. And the thing I love about it so much is that we do it in the heart of San Antonio, um, right in the middle of downtown. And the reason we do it that way is because we want people to see what we're doing and it's possible they woke up that morning, they're tourists, you know, right around the Alamo area that woke up that morning just thinking, I'm going to go and enjoy myself and just see the sights. And then they see a line of over four to 500 people walking in a straight line with signs that say, you know, the statistics of human trafficking, trafficking and they stop what they're doing and they're looking at us and they're learning. They're becoming aware as we're doing our walk. And so that's powerful, powerful moment. Um, and, you know, we started off our first year with over 200 people. And this year we are fifth walk. And so little by little we've grown. Last year was our biggest walk. We had over 500 people. Um, and so that's amazing. Um, and we walk right in the middle of downtown, right in front of the Alamo. Um, and so it takes a lot of work um, to be able to put a walk together. I mean, we work with the city police um, so that we can stay safe while we're out there um, to get the appropriate permits. We, you know, we have to, um, you know, do all the appropriate marketing. We, we want as many people to go out there and walk with us. Um, and one of the things that I, my, that I would like for the future is to see more than 1% of our population out there walking with us because um, we're almost 2 million people and to have only 500 people walk, to me, that's not enough. 
We need more people to go out there and walk with us. And so that's one of the things that we do. Um, and you see all the pictures and social media posts about it. Um, what are some other things that we do, Cindy? So some other cool things that we do are care kits. Uh, we've partnered with um, Roy Moss Youth Alternatives with Chuck Paul, and we've hosted care kit uh, packing parties. Um, those are definitely fun. And we, we have an opportunity to uh, get the community involved and they want to do something they're able to uh, join in and and um, be in those packing parties the care kit packing parties are so very important cindy is in that you know the the volunteers enjoy it they enjoy putting them together i mean they bring their kids i mean a little kid can pack a care kit it's all set up in stations they can pack a care kit they do but the notes of encouragement at the end, that was a, just a very much a, a CC idea. That was very much an A21 Freedom Chasers idea. I've seen the other end. I'm the one that gets the joy, the, the, the privilege to hand those packs out. And we've handed out like over 800 this year alone. And handing a kid a backpack. I'll give you an example. And, and obviously I can't give names. But I'm over at a park, a city park that's very close to a hospital that does the sexual assault exams. As I'm over in that park, I see a young woman and she's got a tattered, beaten like jacket on and then a pair of scrubs on the bottom. She's wearing a pair of scrub pants. But the jacket is, doesn't match the scrubs. Nothing matches. So I know what's happened because they do sexual assault exams there and she's younger, which means she's probably slightly over 18, that she just had a sexual assault exam and has nowhere to go, sitting in her city park. So I walk up to her and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm Chuck Paul with Roy Moss Youth Alternatives. Hey, my friends at A21 Freedom Chasers packed these packs. They're pretty cool. There's some cool stuff in it. Maybe you know someone who needs this. And of course, because I know her situation, I'm not going to be standing over the top of her. I'm way down at the other end of, this, of the park bench. And I'm going to put this here. And if you know anybody who needs it, hey, cool. So I put that down at the end of the park bench. And then, of course, I walk away and I get far away from her. And I see her going over there, going through the pack. And then I see her go to the public restroom. Well, one of the reasons why is because when she got her sexual assault exam, they would have collected her undergarments if she had any. And there's clean undergarments in there. There's hygiene items to clean yourself up in there. There's something to say, hey, you're important. There's also information how to get help and then a meal card from Whataburger. All of this, most of these supplies don't just pop out of the air. A21 Freedom Chasers usually provides these supplies, whether they buy them or they get the volunteers to donate them and we're talking literally thousands of dollars in supplies here just think about the impact that that had on that young woman's life she could have been contemplating any number of things but suddenly out of the out of the blue because some volunteer decided to spend some time and one organization decided to put together some packs she got a kit and most of my survivors don't want someone to come jump in and rescue them and everything else. No, they want to have some independence. And she knows where to find help. And we get them showing up every day. We've all served over 103 youth at the drop-in center last quarter. That was November. That was October, November, December. We've got over 700 kids. Yeah. And the kids all know about the care kits. And if you go downtown... You'll see the care kits bopping around all over the place in the backs of young adults because we target anyone at the under age 24. And you can easily pick them out. And now even a huge population of homeless youth out there were like, Mr. Chuck, you got a care kit? I want my note. Yeah. 
that's their favorite part to know because they know that somebody cares. So if you've ever been to any one of our events, you'll know, you'll see a table that is so special to all of us. We have a table called Love Letters, and we'll have a little basket with a bunch of blank notes and cool stickers and some colored pens or markers, and you get an opportunity to write a note to someone that you know, has been trafficked, someone who has been sexually abused. And this is what Chuck is referring to. We put these notes into the backpacks of these care kits. And so anytime you're at any one of our events, we'll have this table that is so special to us. We'll take them back with us to these care kit parties, and we will make sure we pack each and every one you know, praying over each each backpack, but also putting a note in there. And I'll never forget. So, you know, and these are ideas that our volunteers have given us. It's not just, you know, me and it's not just Caesar and Cindy or Leah. Um, our volunteers have contributed so much to our organization in the last five years. And so that the love letters was actually a contribution from our, our volunteers. But um, I'll never forget the very first time that Chuck gave me a real example of a love letter and the impact that it had on someone. I, and I We've probably shared this story so many times, but I, I can remember sitting in my car when Chuck called and I just, I, I cried because this is what it was all about. It was this one person that needed that one reminder that day. So Chuck, can you tell us a little bit about that story? So we had a young lady who had been through us twice before mm-hmm. coming to the drop-in center. And this particular time she comes in, as a teenage girl who has a rough home life and bad things were happening to her at home. And she kept running away because of the bad things that were happening there. And this particular time, she had absolutely nothing. So we gave her a care kit. And she takes the care kit into the cot room where she's going to spend the night because we've tried to find a place for her to go. And she opens up, of course, because this is now her entire worldly possessions is that care kit. She takes the care kit. She dumps everything on the cot and it starts to inventory everything. Now, we can see what's happening because she's on the cameras. But, you know, we're not standing over the top of her. And I'm watching her on the cameras. And she gets finds the, the love note. Mm-hmm. And she finds the love note. Now, mind that this young lady has had a rough time to things. I've never seen her smile before this. She pulls out the love note and she starts to read it. And she just starts to sob. Just sob. Heavy sobs. And then she drops to her knees. And I'm like, oh, what's, we're like, what's going on? Is she okay? And then we realize she's praying. And I'm like, now at this point, I'm sobbing. Good thing I was able to monitor from a camera and be in an office because I'm sobbing and watch this young lady sob. And then she gets stands up and she's smiling and she has that note. She holds that note. She starts to pack everything. She holds on to that note. And I'm like, that's the first time I've seen that little girl smile. Whatever was in that note, I don't know those words that were in there. Whatever words were written on that note that... The Holy Spirit guided someone's hand to write exactly what she needed to hear at that moment. Exactly. And that's just why it's so just humbling to be a part of that. Because God is using other people as instruments to pour into the lives of those that are marginalized, exploited, and really needing someone to help show them, hey, this is the way to freedom. Yeah. That's why it's so powerful that um, something as simple as writing a note with some encouraging words makes such a huge impact. And that story for me um, continues to uh, just remind me that everything that we're doing has a purpose. Everything that we're doing has an impact and and just to continue going. One of the other things that we do is uh, we do the podcast, Talk for Freedom. And um, 
kind of the way that started was just in conversation with Chuck and Chuck kept saying, Hey, I want to do a podcast. <laughs> and he said it a few times. I want to do a podcast. And I think he mentioned it to, to CC and, and, and she mentioned it to me. And so my, my experience, I had never done a podcast before, but I have, uh, some experience with audio. I've taken some classes with video and stuff like that. And so I, I know my way around, um, you know, equipment, audio equipment, um, from being a musician and stuff like that. But, I thought, I think I can do it. Um, so I did a little bit of research and started buying some equipment. And um, sure enough, I just told Chuck, hey, we can do it together. Uh, we can do the podcast. Um, and uh, at that time, CC was also uh, a part of our podcast. And so uh, I said, I'll do all the equipment and everything. You just got to talk, you know. And so Chuck was like, I can talk. <laughs> he loves to talk and he knows a lot about this uh, subject. And so um, that's how we started. And um, this is uh, our third year, I think, uh, doing the podcast. We have a little bit over 20 episodes. Uh, we wish we could do more. Um, to be honest with you, we wish we could do this on a more continued basis. But we we try to at least do two or three a month um, with, you know, Chuck has a, a full-time job as well. I have a full-time job. And so we try to, on the weekends, get together and, and you know, record episodes. And um, we try to, the whole point is to try to uh, educate the you the public about what's going on with trafficking human trafficking but also interview organizations that are having such a big impact on on the issue as well and so we've been able to bring all sorts of uh, different organizations survivors as well and uh, our goal for the future with uh, the podcast is to be able to uh, also possibly take it on the road um, you know if there's an organization somewhere that can't uh, come to us we can go to you or uh, one of the new things that I've learned that I didn't know before was how to do Skype interviews as well uh, via podcast Podcast. So we're super excited, but I, I want to tell you this, that we appreciate you listening, but we, we want to hear from you. That's one of the things that I think we, we, we need to see more of is interaction from our audience is through the, through a comment on whether it's our social media, you can comment on any one of our social media posts for the H21 Freedom Chasers or on Chuck Paul's social media. He has a Facebook, Instagram, so do we. Uh, I recently started a, an Instagram account, Talk for Freedom podcast on Instagram as well. Um, but you can rate and comment us on the actual platform itself, iTunes or Google Play. And the reason that's important is because we need to hear from you on are we doing a good job? Do you want to hear about something specific? Um, you know, we want to continue to improve this podcast. And the only way we can do that is to hear from our audience. And so rate us, leave us a comment, ask us questions. We're trying to be more engaged to social media so that we can um, capture your uh, feedback and your voice as well. Uh, Chuck, anything you want to say about the podcast? It's just been a great opportunity to have this podcast where we're able to sit down yeah, it's a Saturday morning and we're all tired from the long work week we put in. I know you guys put in way more than 40. I, I stopped counting a long time ago for <laughs> me. You know, we're sitting here drinking our coffee and, and, and talking to each other. But what we're talking about is something that's very important. And our, our listeners get to hear this. We're talking about, you know, the enslavement of human beings and, and how so important it is that we make everyone aware we educate we bring in resources through the podcast so that we can they can talk about what they do so maybe you may have a friend a family a neighbor that you're sitting around having sunday dinner with and you know you hear about somebody having a problem and you're like wait a minute i heard that podcast and they, you can go to this organization or you can go to this organization, or you can, you can listen to the podcast this is a way for us to get the information out there it's free mm-hmm 
We're not charging for this. This is all volunteer time. But this is an opportunity for you to get information out there to your family. And I tell you, when I give talks all the time, I turn people towards a podcast because I hear questions like, I wish my son or my daughter or my friend could hear this. Well, they can get on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I know people are listening because I get people to come back to me and say, I listen to your podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Same thing at work. I have people that are always asking questions and I guide them to the podcast and then they come back and they're like, wow, that was so informative. And that's our goal. We want to be raw and honest on this podcast. We do not want to hide anything because we want you to know the truth of what's going on with human trafficking. And so, um, I just encourage you, what we need is your engagement, your feedback, your comments. Um, Please, please, please don't uh, hesitate to leave us any feedback, whether it's good or bad. We want to continue to learn and improve. Um, So on that note, let's talk about what does our future look like for the A21 Freedom Chasers? Yeah, absolutely. It's so exciting. So, uh, you know, just a little bragging moment here. Um, So our team has really committed to being an awareness team. That's, That's what our one passion and goal is for now. Um, in the future, of course, we'd like to do more and and go further. But awareness is what we want to push through every single platform we can, through social media, through this podcast, through our presence, right? So if you ask us to come out and educate your, your church, your family, your school on what human trafficking is, we will be there. We'll commit to it. Um, but, uh, you know, that takes a lot of effort, right? So Caesar and Chuck do the podcast, but we have Cindy, who is our communications lead. I mean, she is the one-man person who drives all of our social media channels, including our website, and she does not get enough credit for what she does. I'm telling you, she is the person behind the camera who makes us look so good. And I just wanted to take a moment to brag on her because on top of her full-time job and the schedules that she manages for so many people in her leadership role at, at her job, she does this for us in a leadership role as our team. And I mean, I have I am like so impressed at how well she does everything she does and the, the, the commitment and the passion behind it, like every single post you see on social media, the words, the graphics, she just puts so much passion behind it that you can sense it in how she puts it out there. So, you know, Cindy, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure there's much more to say, but you are amazing at what you do. And I just wanted to make sure people knew that. Even social media is such a great way to reach people because they're seeing this every day. And just your deliverance in that and your commitment to it is amazing. So thank you. Well, thank you, guys. You're going to make me cry. No, <laughs> uh, no you got, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And I think that goes with all of us in all of our role. We all have a full-time job. I know we've mentioned that. And when people learn that, wait, you're not doing this full-time, they like, they're like um, shocked that we're able to do all the things that we're able to do. Um, and it's not easy, but it's like Cece said, when there's that passion, you just want to make sure you do a good job. And, you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, I, I, I'm kind of like a perfect perfectionist and there are things that I wish that I could do. I just don't necessarily have the time, um, you know, but what we are able to do with what we have, um, you know, we're able, we're able to do. So um, I encourage you guys to get involved somehow whether it's uh, supporting any organization, to be honest, it could be ours or it could be any other, uh, but use your voice and um, and educate people, educate yourself, raise that awareness. Um, social media is huge. We all know this. And I feel like that is a way that you can 
um, educate your friends, your family, and whatnot, and not just share selfies of yourself. You know what I mean? There, it's, there should be more to, to to that, and I think you can use that platform for that. Yeah, it's super powerful just to hit the button share, right? <laughs> it's a post about statistics or a story of a survivor, um, something, and and imagine like we have over a thousand followers on on Facebook. We have a little less than that on Instagram, and so every time we share it. And then you share it. That's compounding the amount of people that see it. So there's a lot of power in, in you know, and social media. And so we take our role and awareness very seriously. And I know that uh, some people have reached out to us wanting to do the physical stuff, right? Go out there and, and like I said, rescue people. And and sometimes um, the the kind of the the feeling that I get is that people just want to do that, but. The small things like the awareness, like sharing the post, like talking about it, like listening to a podcast, those are huge as well. Mm -hmm. Like you can make a big impact by just doing those things. And so if you focus on doing those little things, man, the impact that you're making is huge. As simple as writing a note, Chuck shared the story. I mean, that's powerful. Um, and so there's power in that. So continue doing that. Um, but, you know, for future, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that like we want to do. Um, we recently released a video. Um, it was about two and a half minutes, maybe three minute video on our social media. And that was, I think, the beginning of something that we want to continue to do uh, as well. And so it's a it was a, a video that kind of shared our hearts and how we feel about um, what's going on in our city, what's going on in our world. And I hope that you uh, saw that video and it moved you to action, to act, to do something. Um, the end of that video said, see something, say something. That's so important is to not just you know, stand by and let these things happen. Like when me and my wife saw it at a restaurant here in San Antonio, like we actually did call the cops. We did call the police. Um, we tried to intervene and what we, and our intervention wasn't enough. So we picked up the phone and we called the cops um, and they showed up and they did what they could as well. And so that's important is that we continue to take some sort of action as well. Um, and what are some things that you, uh, you see yourself doing or see us doing in the future, CC? Sure. So, you know, when I think about the future, I think about, you know, all the dreams that are in our minds. Um, we have such a great group of people with different talents and different uh, gifts that God's given us. And, and we all have our own passion for this cause. Right. But when I really think about A21 Freedom Chasers and the peace that we have owned to be an awareness group, man, I, I think about a place that traffickers dread coming to San Antonio because they will not get away with trafficking people here. I think about a place that they talk about behind in the dark places and say, no, you can't drive them through there because San Antonio has, you know, they know what's up. They know that what trafficking looks like and they're not going to let us get away with what we do. I, I think about that. I dream about a place where, um, you know, People feel safe here. People can let their kids run outside without thinking that some car is going to drive by and kidnap them. Um, and, and that's not the only way that human trafficking happens, but that is a way, right? I think about our runaway youth having the comfort of, of knowing that they have a community that is going to listen to them compassionately and really do the best that they can to offer every possible way to support the needs that each of them have. Um, because, you know, that's what community is for. That's what we do. And, um, you know, when I think about the A21 Freedom Chasers, I would love for there to be a day where we 
are no longer needing to build safe places for survivors, for victims, because we are doing a great job at letting people know and so therefore preventing things from even happening because that's what awareness does. It prevents, right? I mean, can you imagine going to the first day of school, you know, dropping off your child and talking to the other parents and actually communicating with them. And this is what we want to drive. We want to change the culture of like, I'm in my silo, you do your own life, I'll do my own. We want to create a community where people talk to each other and say, hey, you know, this is what I heard was going on down the street. Do you know anything about that? Let's communicate. And we have such a great uh, you know, we have so many forums where we can do that, right? We have we have social media, we have the next door apps and all kinds of things and ways where people share information now. So when I, yeah, when I dream of A21 Freedom Chasers, I dream of a place where San Antonio doesn't have to worry about this problem anymore because we've done such an amazing job of educating people on what it looks like and that we've empowered them and given them a voice to say, when you see something, you're going to say something and that the police are ready to respond. Law enforcement are ready to respond, ready to go. And there's like zero tolerance for any kind of trafficking in San Antonio. That's super powerful, right? Um, To be able to get to that point i think that's really the heart of the freedom chasers is to see that to see that happen is where as a community we are uh, fighting this fight together and we're all united against um human trafficking keeping each other safe um keeping our, our kids safe keeping our schools safe our malls everything where it's all safe i think one of the things that i would love for the future is for us to be able to do this full time um to be able to dedicate everything that we've got to to continue to come up with, um, you know, things and programs and events that will continue to spread awareness on this. Um, we do what we can with what we have, um, you know, and the time that we have. But there are so many things that we want to do that we can't because of a lack of time. And so um, I I would love for us to have our own office here in San Antonio, um, have people be able to stop by and pick up information, you know, and or 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 be able to um, direct people our way as well. Um, that would be amazing. Um, we have had an idea of wanting to do more PSAs like the PSA that we just released um, and bring you um, rich digital content that will um, you can share via multiple platforms. Um, and that's one way of spreading awareness. So. I'm hoping that we we can do that. Um, we whether we are doing this full time or not, our goal is to do those types of things. Um, and so, um, you know, that's that's my hope for the future is that we can get to the point where we can dedicate all of our resources and all of our time to to fighting this and and making a bigger impact. Uh, Cindy, anything that you see for uh, the future? Yeah, same same uh, along the lines like what you just said is for us to be able to do this full time. Um, there's been times where we haven't been able to do a certain event or whatnot due to lack of um, a time or just not enough man- manpower. So definitely, you know, having this as a full-time opportunity would allow us to to do that and reach more, um, especially the schools, uh, high schools, elementary schools, middle schools, just everyone. Uh, universities definitely um, are important and being able to reach that that um, that group of students is important for 
for them to know what's happening. And um, yeah, I think you guys, you guys said everything. Yeah. And we're looking towards the future. So one of the things that we're doing this year is we're, um, we're going through some sort of reconstruction with um, our team and how we're operating as our team. Um, because we know that um, the more the health, the bigger the team, the healthier the team, the more we can do. And so we're we're working that we're looking towards the future and we're trying to set ourselves up so that we can um, succeed as an organization as well. Um, I think that's also one of the things that we would love to have is a a full team to be able to go out and do all the things that we dream and want to do uh, as well. So as we end and wrap up, uh, Chuck, any last questions for any one of us? Well, my big thing is, is so we've heard all about how awesome you guys are. And I know how awesome you are, but our public really wants to get engaged at this point. They really want to start, you know, what what can they do besides like helping to donate to A21 Freedom Chasers, like actual finances so that you can actually take this off? Because what you've done so far as volunteers is spectacular. I can only imagine the amount of information you get out there as full time. So definitely donate 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 but what else can someone listening right now that says god is moving my heart what can they do right now to start getting engaged with a21 freedom chasers yeah what an exciting question right i mean we we want every single person to be a freedom chaser in all the ways that caesar described right share our stuff that we're putting out there but if you want to be a part of our team like like caesar mentioned we are growing we're restructuring we're adding board members we're starting to define what roles look like in our organization so that we can take more volunteers in. But if you're committed, we would love to hear from you. We're going to have an inquiry form where, where you state your interest in wanting to be a part of our team on our social media pages and on our website. So in the next few weeks, look out for that and, and just keep following our page because as we develop that, we want to hear from you. We want to, we want to see those people that are committed to wanting to chase freedom with us, right? And to go out and not only speak at events, but even as simple as man a table that where these love letters are being written, right? There's there's a presence behind who we are. And it's not always going to be glamorous. I'll tell you that right now. If you want to be a volunteer with A21 Freedom Chasers, it's going to be some heavy lifting and we're going to get dirty. Um, and it might not be, you know, the face of what you see on social media that looks so glamorous. <laughs> it's not, it's dirty. It's heartbreaking sometimes. You know, there's a lot of confidential stuff that happens, but if you feel like you want to join our team, go ahead and state your interests. We'll review them. We'll ask some pointed questions on there. And, um, you know, once we review those and prayerfully consider every single person that's, uh, we'll send out an application, which will require some additional information from you, including a background check. So, you know, if you are serious and you want to go through those through those things with us we would love to have you on our team i'm telling you we are a small but power driven and we we want to see freedom in our team and if that's something that god calls you to we would love to have you join us we'd love to lock on arms with you and go at this wow thank you and yes so please please go out follow us on social media if you already are not already doing so and check out our website we're going to have that statement of interest put out there um and and just show us that you're interested and and we're we're going to review them as cc said so i just want to say thank you to the team for being here sharing your hearts and sharing um a little bit more about the uh, freedom chasers and where we've been what we're what we're doing now and where we're going uh, as well i just want to say thank you to chuck for his partnership with us chuck was our 
very first speaker at our very first walk. And so he's been along with us. Um, actually, he was our second speaker. Sorry about that. Krista Middleton was our first speaker, but he's been alongside us this entire time. And so I just want to say thank you, uh, Chuck, for your support as well uh, and your dedication to helping us um, be uh, successful as well. So thank you. Once again, don't forget to rate us, leave us a comment share uh, uh as well uh with other people um any last comments from anyone on the team yes i just i want to say happy birthday happy fifth birthday freedom chasers um it's a little awkward for me to be you know on, on here um i like to be behind the scenes uh, but i just wanted to make sure that i thanked the team for everything that they do cc for her vision for her leadership caesar for all your knowledge with all the things that you do with the podcast and more. And then definitely Chuck. Um, I don't think we would be where we are without you, your knowledge, your support. Um, and you're just so open and gracious to share that with everybody. And I think for us as a team, we've looked to you for that guidance and we just thank you for that opportunity. And, um, and Leah too, uh, for all her support and all the members that have been um, with us, the last five years with the Freedom Chasers, one way or another, they they have um, brought a lot to the table. And um, I appreciate and I'm just so thankful for being able to do this and give back to our community. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. You all know uh, who you are, um, those that have been part of the team. And so we want to thank everybody. Happy birthday uh, to the Freedom Chasers that are five Happy years. Birthday. We're so excited for what the future holds. So thank you very much. And we look forward uh, CC last comments. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to every single volunteer that has ever been at any one of our events, who served on the core team, who has donated the funds for us to become a nonprofit, who continues to support and donate today and, and drive that mission forward. A lot of y'all, I work with you at my day-to-day -day job. And I just, I want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity to just go out into our community and really just drive freedom. Um, I also, you know, just again, iterate Chuck. I can't say enough about Chuck. I mean, he has been such a, a just an inspiration. Actually, to me personally, Chuck, you've given me words that only God knew I needed at that time. So I appreciate the friendship, the collaboration to all the other organizations in San Antonio that fight for freedom who have allowed us to partner with them and share not only your mission, but you've shared ours and, and we've been together in this fight for the last five years. Just thank you. I mean, we're in this together. I love the way that San Antonio's freedom space works because none of us touch each other's, yet everybody touches each other's. Mm -hmm. We are so gracious about allowing all of us to work together and collaborate. It's so important. Partnerships are everything. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so glad that we're here for five years and we can't wait to see. And hopefully in the next five years, we will be able to drive people around instead of showing them brothels. We'll show them this is what a freedom city looks like. Amen. That's good. Amen. Uh, yes. On that note, thank you so much. Once again, rate, comment, share. Listen to us on our next, next podcast. Thank you. <laughs>